two artists walk into a bar. Now stop me if you've heard this one. Listen in as artists and creators talk over drinks about their work, life, and the creative journey. Thanks for tuning in to episode number one of Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. I'm your host artist, Carol McQuaid. Our guest artist today is Canadian roots sensation, singer, songwriter, recording artist, Melanie Decker. She may even play us a song from her new album, Secret Spot, releasing the day after this episode airs. Our bar is Galleria Ida Victoria in San Jose del Cabo, Mexico. Not technically a bar, but a magical place to be served a glass of wine while you enjoy some world-class artwork. And it has great acoustics. It was the setting for Melanie's recent concert here in San Jose, a fundraiser for Casa Sheila, a group that does amazing work helping out the homeless dogs and cats of the Baja. You'll find links to these things, including Melanie's music, along with full show notes on our website, twoartistswalkintoabar.com. If you like it and want to hear more conversations with artists and creators, subscribe. And if you love the show, head to the website where you can buy us our next round. Now let's head to Galleria Ida Victoria and listen in as Melanie and I talk about songwriting, European tours, and mule riding in the moonlight. Cheers. What a show you put on the other night. That was just beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I'm delayed our interview and, and here we are talking about the show afterwards, which is kind of nice. You know what? It's perfect because there were some really magical moments in that show and uh, I'd love to ask you about them. Let's just start with that. You opened with one of my favorite songs of yours, Blush. Oh, nice. And yeah, is that a, is that a usual show opener for you? Or it you is a usual show opener for me. I, uh, I've been opening with that song for about 10 years and I chose not to open with it uh, about two years ago on a show, and I thought, you know what, Melanie, change it up a bit. All my, the rest of my repertoire is absolutely mixed, and it's about 60% planned. So before I do a show, I'll know six out of ten pieces that I'm going to sing for sure, and the rest I have to leave it open for me to interpret what might work that night and how I'm feeling and all those things. Uh, but I didn't open with the song Blush, a few years back, and I high heel got stuck between two uh, pieces of stage. I actually <laughs> broke off my heel oh my in the middle of the first song. I was like, okay, back to starting with blush. <laughs> You're like a hockey player. Now like, if I put on the left sock first, exactly. everything goes right. <laughs> I didn't realize I had one of those, and now I do. <laughs> I will start with blush. Yeah, we'll call it lucky Till the end of time. <laughs> That's funny you say that about your shoes because I was sitting watching your show the other night thinking, wow, first of all, she rocks and she rocks with those shoes on that floor. So <laughs> congratulations and you're my hero. <laughs> I went with higher heels last year, funny enough, at this exact same gallery and I hit the bird above our heads with my head and taking on and off the guitar that also the next quite tall. So this year I was like, I'm going to shrink it down a bit. But I noticed as I was getting here to the gallery, they were hiking up the bird with the, the wires. <laughs> the bird <laughs> made like, the same request. Exactly. Uh, Melanie's coming with her heels, so if you could just jack me closer to the ceiling, that would be awesome. <laughs> She's flying safe. Yeah, right on. So the show you played here the other night, it was a fundraising show. Tell us, it's the third year you've done it, is that right? Yep, this is the third year I've I played in San Jose del Cabo, and every single time it's been here at Ida's Gallery, they offer me a, an opportunity to 
advertise and and we were able to raise money for a children's charity and Ida and I talk about that before I get here long before I get here as to which charity makes sense there's a lot of them yeah <laughs> uh, and what makes sense to, to both of us and and uh, who's organized a lot of the charities they need help an organization too but we can't do that as well so uh, we chose something that that's organized and that we're both passionate about and and uh usually it's animals or children it tends to be the something that i lean towards mm-hmm. and this year it was animals was wasn't yeah. it yeah. yeah right on and uh, you've done some other charitable and giving things in your career there was something you did in germany where you're an ambassador oh that's or? right uh the kinder hospits over there hospits means the same thing over here um they also one time they just said would you mind uh, doing some sort of charitable benefit for for us and for me that means uh, performance that's usually the most uh, what i'm asked to do the yeah. most when it comes to charities and otherwise donate music uh, donate cds at the time <laughs> yeah. and i've done it often enough that that one year they said oh we've named you an ambassador i said oh what do i have to do now <laughs> <laughs> is there an outfit <laughs> and I, exactly <laughs> No, nothing like that. So it just puts you on a pedestal and it's their way of thanking you and saying you've made a big difference in in our finances. It's really nice to do something that's bigger than yourself. We talked about that just before we got on the microphones because you start thinking, what am I doing this all for? The attention is all on me and it is, oh, I got to promote Melanie Decker and talk about Melanie Decker. And after a while, you're like, God, I'm sick of Melanie Decker. (laughs) Until someone comes up with ideas around you, or at least if you're listening, they're actually the ideas are everywhere. Um, whether you can gravitate to them and, and make, make them part of you and make them make sense. I started doing that maybe 10 years ago. I'm always benefiting from that myself yeah. in that talk about feel good, right? And I want to write songs that feel good and have some sort of some sort of compassion between human beings. Well, I'm not going to get that if I'm in my living room at home singing songs about myself. So uh, part of the getting out there is getting out there and, and finding out who needs help, when, where, yeah. how. Beautiful. And you're on the road a lot. Yeah. How how many shows would you do in a year? Uh, You know, it's 100. Wow. Uh, And sometimes it's 120 and sometimes it's 80. Um, I I thrive on live performance. Uh, And being on the road is the best way to do that because you make a plan. And I'm in a different city every night and uh, totally exhausted and spent at the end. And I look forward to it every year. So, you know, without that, you can you can play all over Canada if you wanted and pick your spots. Uh, you can play here, there, and everywhere. But until you, for me, until I play Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it's hard to squeeze all those shows in. You know, it yeah. seems more natural to do for perhaps a show on a Friday, Saturday night. Mm, that's almost not enough for me. But I do need the time off as well afterwards. Yep, both yeah. my voice, my brain. And a lot of your shows are in Europe as well. I've seen a lot of Germany on your... Most of my shows are in Europe. I started making a career over there for myself about 10 years ago as well. So there was a shift. Uh, (laughs) The shift actually came out of a a comedic situation. Uh, I used to play in Banff a lot. I'm a skier. And I loved doing both on the same day if I could. Skiing and singing. And... When I did a, a bar in Banff, I had a very enthousi- enthusiastic uh, crowd, so to speak, you know, the, hardly a listening uh, crowd, but you're there to supply uh, an extra good time, raise the bar and bring in some good, fun music. 
and it was just it was one of those après ski afternoons where people just did not take off their ski boots. The the boards were all on the bar, and we took a break. And the bass player said, "Okay, we're gonna take a break, everybody. If you're interested in buying CDs, come over to the stage." Blah, 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 blah. And a girl came bouncing over onto the stage. Beautiful girl, long blonde hair. She enthusiastic said, enthusiastically said, "If what? If we buy, you'll sign my ass." If I buy a CD, <laughs> so she didn't hear what he'd said, but he was sure glad that she had misheard him. And he goes, uh, into the microphone, there is a God. <laughs> and people's eyes popped out and she pulled down her pants and he signed her ass and the entire bar had their ass signed uh. before the night was through. We're talking a couple hundred people. Mm-hmm. And... A lot of those people were from Austria and Germany, and they said, you must come over and play in our country, and that planted the seed. <laughs> <laughs> and bring a Sharpie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All colors. <laughs> That's how I got over there. Wow. Because a couple of enthusiastic people help each other, and they said, well, maybe you could play in my neighborhood, and maybe you could play in my neighborhood, and you have to, again, be willing to say, well, maybe I could. Yeah. yeah. Right so on. now I play concerts over there, and... Uh, I don't want to say apres ski bars are behind me, but I'd rather be in one having a, a beer with everyone else than, than singing in one. <laughs> you can be a little rowdy, but there are yeah. music bands everywhere. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you have a new album coming out, mm-hmm. and you're going to be heading back there to promote it as well. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your new album. I started writing it about a year and a half ago, so I've been playing some of the songs live already. I don't like performing 10 songs out of the gate that I haven't sung before. I find that really nerve-wracking. I find I can't emotionally wrap myself around around it. So I like to they sort of sneak out over time. Yeah. Sprinkle uh, them in. Someone asked me uh, in a, an earlier interview what uh, what studio album this was, what number it was. Like how many albums have you done? I was like, I don't know. I thought, how do you not know? And they looked at me like, how do I not know? But I actually had to take my fingers and go, one, <laughs> two, three. It's my eighth studio album. Wow. I, had, I had to recount a few times because I couldn't believe it. Uh, but it's been four years since I've released a, an album. And I just the time just slipped by. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed singing the songs that I do sing. Um, the need for a new repertoire. Uh, it doesn't come to me when... Um, I'm playing live and it doesn't come to me when I'm jogging. It comes to me when I have a quiet night at home and maybe I just haven't had enough of those. Yeah. So as soon as I do, I can't wait. I can't wait to write something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, so I'm ready. And that album, this album is called Secret Spot. I feel like I'm not really sure where the songs come from. That also comes from interviews. And my friends asking me, I don't understand. How do you create a song, song out of nothing? I'm like, I don't know. I, th- I just know that you have to. Yeah, <laughs> when, when you're an artist. Well, I so. know where one of those songs came from. Because when we <laughs> met you last year, you were just about to head off on an adventure. Yep. And uh, we had the amazing pleasure to be sitting behind your dad at the show the other night. Why don't you tell us that story? I went muling with my dad through the, uh, the Baja Mountains. And uh, already our nieces and nephews had, no, said, had said no to that. My brother had said no to that. And I was next on the list. And it's actually hard to say no to my dad because uh, he does put together special trips. And we've known that since we were infants. Uh, we were 
uh, with the vaqueros or just a few vaqueros and a few folks uh, for four or five nights and everything quiets down your phone doesn't work even if you wanted it to and it was more special than I thought it would be if that makes sense it's just it's nice to spend one-on-one time with, with your family and definitely harder to find the the way that you know phones take over and there's just a lot to do in your life you know and we all get busy so this takes the busy out of busy and uh on our last night uh the cowboys had they pulled out various instruments not all of them had the right amount of strings that they're <laughs> they're meant to have and they they managed to do a jam by the fire which probably would have gone for 10 hours uh but it went for at least a few and my dad's told a few stories. He's, he's, he's fluent in Spanish. And, and one of them, uh, he had said both in English and in Spanish. And he says, oh, no, I don't sing. Because I said, well, you must be a singer, Larry Decker. No, I don't sing. And he spoke about how when he was in elementary school, he was definitely discouraged to sing and asked to go stand in the corner there because it's just better if he didn't sing. And you know, all of us chuckled a little bit because we've all had those moments in life when you think you're great at something and someone... That gives you the real goods. Like, no, probably not. And it was moving because shortly after that, he requested a few songs from the Cowboys. And being a musician, I was a little embarrassed because I thought, oh, no, it's, he's requesting songs. Like, whatever they sing is beautiful right now. Dad, yeah. right? I thought he was going to throw out La Bamba or something. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, please don't be that guy because I've been that musician. And they were so charmed by his requests. And they knew them. And the moon was coming over, over the hills. It was just it was just an epic moment. And I I couldn't pick up my phone to take a picture because I couldn't I knew I couldn't capture it. I could not capture it with a photo. And I knew that I needed to write a song about it. So three or four months later I thought, I don't know how I'm gonna wrap a song around this moment, but I knew I had you know when you have all the elements to be able to capture it? It's just how to put it all together. So yeah. the ingredients were there. So I started off with the rhythm uh, that they played, which is boom, chuck, chuck, boom, chuck, chuck, right? And they tended to only put two chords in every song. I couldn't believe it. All their songs were two chords. Sometimes a third chord would show up. And yet all their songs had variety. And melodies were strong and the stories seemed very clear. I don't speak Spanish. And... Out of those few ingredients, I finished a song called Te Amo Mucho. And I, lyric or word for word, I described the scene. And I was so happy when it was done because I captured it. It was like I could close the book and say, yep, there's the photograph right there. So I sang that for my dad at the performance because it was his 75th birthday. Oh. And uh, that also, I know I didn't mention that, that also came together uh, right before the show. Uh, but I tried the song for months, mm -hmm. you know, not building up to the moment, but it, it definitely, that was fodder for material was that I wanted to, to deliver it back to my dad mm -hmm. at some point. Yeah. Uh, wasn't necessarily going to do it in front of a captivated audience, but, but we did. So that was great. It was very beautiful, beautiful to watch his body language and, uh, and the message in the song is beautiful. I'm sure I wasn't the only person sitting thinking about my relationship with my dad, listening to it too. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it was it was magic. Yeah, my dad's a tough cookie, as are most of our dads have seen yeah. as tough cookies, and yeah. I try and 
make that tough cookie seem softer by the light of the moon and by his charm with the language. And yeah, everyone's got a soft side. Sometimes you just be lucky enough to get a glimpse of it. And and for me, those mountains and those vaqueros, we had a glimpse of a, a soft cookie right there. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> he was soft for yeah. while you sang the song too. <laughs> now, watching your shows and uh, hearing you perform and your music in general, family is so important to you. And yet you're on the road so much. How does that, how do you keep that closeness and... Uh, you know, I'm grateful for FaceTime, but yeah. <laughs> that's fairly new. Um, and I use that with my mother a lot, and we laugh. She's one of my best friends. So uh, it wasn't always like that. Everybody gets to be a teenager. Uh, I'm not, I'm so used to it. I, I feel like the balance comes from within. Um, my brother's not so interested in music. He loves to play it loud in his car. Mm-hmm. Uh but it doesn't make us, uh, we just find a way to be close. And luckily for us, we don't rely on Christmas and Thanksgiving. We all live quite close together. So we're all in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad makes it to Vancouver a lot. So it's, I don't want to say it's enough for me, but it's enough that we all know what we're doing. And I think the key's been that we're friends. We're all friends. Yeah, that's beautiful when that happens in a family where... We're a family of friends too, and it's yeah, uh, yeah just it's it just fills your life up in a really yeah. cool way. So, growing up in your family, did you always know what you wanted to do? Has this been a the fulfillment of a childhood dream? Or how did you end up here? I didn't have. Uh, <laughs> how do you say to someone? <laughs> somebody, I didn't have any musical talent, which just sounds so Well, you're backwards. overcoming it nicely, Melanie. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I will prove you wrong. <laughs> 40 years later, I will prove you wrong. All you 10-year-olds uh, out there listening, <laughs> write that down. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was 13, and my brother got a guitar, and I was so jealous. Mm-hmm. So it started off with, with jealousy. I want one, too. And... My brother had little interest in it, though he thought, well, I've got something here that you don't have, and it's a sibling rivalry thing. But when I got a hold of that, I was just happy. I just closed the door. Suddenly, sports mattered less. You know, outdoors mattered less. I just wanted to be with the guitar in my room. So I had a friend in that guitar, and uh, I wasn't interested in playing it for people because I was painfully shy. Mm-hmm. And a music teacher in my high school, which happened a year later, said, why don't you sing a song for the school? I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> and he's like, I'll help you. Pick your favorite song. I'll put a band around you, and I'll help you. And sure enough, I got on stage and sang Summer of 69, oh and I did God. not play my guitar because I wasn't good enough. <laughs> and the thrill of being on stage, I felt so comfortable up there. So there I was, someone shy, painfully shy. He put me on stage and I was like, oh, I like it up here. This is safe. I like this. So perhaps the opposite of stage fright. Mm -hmm. It was like, I like this. And his name is Dan Ramston and I'm sure he knew it. In fact, I ran into him two years ago. He came to a show of mine and I couldn't wait to tell him that it was all his fault. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that's how it happened. 
music came later. I ended up at music school, uh, sort of followed a boy that I liked there. Uh, but I also got a scholarship there. I, I, I was determined to be good at it, but it did take me a long time. And I'm not sure that I was talented. Like a lot, I've, I've also been a teacher and you know when you meet a 10-year-old kid and you're just like, wow, you've got this, whether they carry on or not. Uh, so, yeah. And when did the writing start? Uh, also as a teenager. Yep. Uh, not brave enough to sing it for people, though. Uh, I started writing and enjoying it and wanting to put it on a CD and share it with people uh, perhaps after after university. So 95, 96 only. Because I was playing in bars and playing all the songs that people liked. You know, if you had a favorite song and I knew it, that was the thrill for me. But I didn't think, gee, I wish I could write or write, write or one of my own. I didn't come till later. I kind of got bored of singing other people's music is what happened. It kind of ran its course. I thought, now I'm going to try something different. And now it's the writing is, is my favorite process. And when you think about songwriter greats who are your idols who do you look up to and love i'm still discovering writers that i think wow who did that i am the one that looks in the liner notes i always look up if i find a song that blows me away i can't wait to find out who wrote it Mm -hmm. and i'm more thrilled for sure somehow more charmed if if the writer is also the performer uh it doesn't take away from the craft or anything like that because there's also a magic and matching a, a singer with a, a song that they didn't write. Um, so uh, I've really <laughs> enjoyed a lot of writers that we don't, that aren't artists. Uh-huh. So um, there's a guy named Eric Bazilian. He wrote, God was one of us. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I just, that. songs that are just quirky yeah. and um, I don't want to say simple, but there's something simplified in in it. They've already gone with the complex, and now, now they're backing up and mm-hmm. and you know making it palatable. So uh, he's a Canadian songwriter. Um, I like a lot of old school writers like Willie Nelson. Yeah, just classic. Yeah, like take apart those lyrics, and again, they just know how to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And learning early on that he'd written uh, "Crazy" for Patsy Cline, that was sort of jaw dropping for me. I thought, what? She doesn't write her own music, and Again, it's the writers behind those songs. Uh, yeah, the list is probably long, but I feel like I can't name one of them right now. Yeah, no yeah. worries. So yeah. when I listen to your music, it's very varied. Your tempos are varied. Even when you're singing about something that has kind of pissed you off, mm-hmm. your music is very happy. Like there's a joy that comes through it. And for me, Saturday Night Show Oh, that's it's a, like awesome. that. I was waiting for you to play it the other night, so thank you for it. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I was walking around singing it all day the day before, so. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's uh, your, whatever you're doing, you can see your hand in it. And uh, yeah, that's just a really beautiful Interesting. thing. Interesting. So, yeah. Um, with this new album, you're going to head to Europe and uh, promote it, and will you be doing a tour in Canada as well? We're looking at planning something for the fall. Uh, Canada's big. Yeah, it is big. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't want to diss the provinces, or the center promises, the the prairies, I mean. Yeah. But uh, at some point, um, you have to pick your spots. Yeah, yeah. And where is your favorite place to play? 
Uh, it's not where, it's the environments that I like to play. I like to play in places that don't have a PA system and you can still be heard. So the art gallery, yeah. <laughs> this art gallery, for example, I probably play a show like that one in every 500, honestly. And why is that? Because there's just nothing between me and you. Yeah. There is no microphone, there's nothing in my way. Yeah. And I feel more vulnerable that way. And because I feel more vulnerable, I feel I'm become a better performer. Yeah, I tried working with a cordless mic uh, just to sort of remove at least the mic stand. And uh, and that worked for a while as well because I thought, okay, now I, f you know, this <laughs> feels a little bit like you've got braces on your <laughs> on your face. But I, I enjoyed that process of getting back to that. And a big part of your show is you are not just a singer-songwriter. You're a performer. Like You you have a, an awesome performing style. <laughs> Thanks. Is that something that just came, or how did that... Once I stopped playing uh, bars and ski resorts, mm -hmm. which was all about just hit song after hit song, mm -hmm. which is also why I, I can write songs uh, that perhaps have a... How would you say... A, a, a poignant or an angry moment to them and yet they sound joyous yeah. is because I want it's it's that I want people to have a good time mm -hmm. so if, if I'm going to sing angry songs well that's going to be tough for me because I'm just not an angry person but we all get mad um, and it's good to share, share. Uh, so I forgot your question <laughs> hmm? I don't know but the answer was perfect <laughs> <laughs> And uh, what's next for you? I am on holidays right now mm -hmm. <laughs> for the next few days. Uh, it takes a lot to uh, release an album, believe it or not. Uh, you think the work's done because the songs are all written and they're all recorded. And I had a, a grant to help me finish this record. So BC Creative and the government of British Columbia, they released a lot of funds last year to keep recording based out of Vancouver. And successfully so. Producers moved back from Nashville to Vancouver. It was there was a real buzz in Vancouver last year. To like a lot of people will be releasing, a lot of Canadian artists will be releasing records this year. That's good news for everybody. Yeah. Um. Uh. For me, I'm I, I'm hoping uh, there's, there's a couple uh, ideas coming together. I'm hoping that I will either be performing with or recording with perhaps Tom Cochran. <gasps> Oh, he's wow. one of my faves. Wow. <laughs> uh, so I wrote a Christmas song, and nobody wants to think about Christmas right now in February. Uh, but uh, I'd like to do some sort of collaborations like that. Uh, I haven't done a lot of that. Yeah, almost nothing. Like collaborations with other other songwriters, great songwriters, yes. Yeah. Uh, but not performers as such. Um, and the idea is that hopefully I'll do a performance with Jim Cuddy as well. He's also one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, and I looked up to see, I studied their songs to see if their voice would not just match with mine, but the range. Tom Cochran sings higher than me. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to develop a part that would suit him as well. Right. I, I, yeah. He just wails at the top of his lungs higher than me. And Jim wow. Cuddy's about, about the same. He sings a little lower than I do. Anyway, yeah. so I'm just, trying to see if I can make a couple of those uh, connections sort of come true this year. Nice. There's time. I'm also a little bit of the person who reads the liner notes. <laughs> yeah. And in your upcoming album, you have a lot of backup, like a lot of other people doing vocals. Is that something that, uh, like, do you like the 
the harmonies in the mix or what's the... You know what? I tend to go to my faves. Usually it's my four or five favorite musicians and it just feels like they they are like family after years. On this project, uh, we had a little more liberty because of the funds to try a couple new people. And I recorded basically a song a month. Uh, Well, not everyone's available. You know, first, let's say the first of every month, hey, available. So between the producer and myself, we thought, well, we've heard that guy's kind of fun. We've heard that guy's really good. And the few singers that we did have on the record, a lot of them never sing. Oh, wow. And I wanted, like, Tam Omucho. Mm -hmm. I wanted that party in the kitchen sound, you know, and... uh, the bass player, for example, we, I asked him, I said, do you sing? He's like, he looked at me like, uh, not really. Because he thought, oh, no, she's looking at me like I, she hopes <laughs> I sing. <laughs> and I said, well, can you just try this part? Mm-hmm. So we had some liberty. We, you, you're watching the clock a lot if you're um, funding your own album. Uh, you try and, I, I've, I've always tried to uh, sort of not pay by the hour, pay by the day or by the week or by the month because it's too stressful to, to watch the clock. But you know, inevitably, you still have to care about other people's time. Anyway, we just we had a little more fun with this one in that way. So yeah, I, it was different voices for different reasons. And Keith Scott sang on the record too from Brian Adams. <laughs> He's on Tama Mucho. Uh, he sent in his vocals and we thought, what did he do there? And I thought, let's keep it. I don't care. Let's just keep it. It's, it's Keith Scott. Let's yep. keep it. <laughs> read the phone book to us. We're exactly. It <laughs> so, yeah, it wasn't. It, it's funny. It creates a more relaxed environment, uh, less precise, mm-hmm. and yet it's more musical. And it's got to be a completely different experience. Like your last album was was it Lecare? Yeah, yeah, and that's a live record. Live, and yeah, just a completely different. How different from all of your other music is this new album? Because we use so many different musicians, I love the feeling of hey, this is what I sound like. There's nothing, uh, you know. I wasn't working to be sing the highest note or the lowest note, or yeah, it was just this is what I do. This is what I want to sing about. And that being said, it's not a relaxed Sarah McLaughlin type album. Mm-hmm. It has great energy, but that energy where you feel like you're just taking a chance and everybody hangs on for dear life as we're recording because the, the spontaneity of working with musicians that are very comfortable doing what they're doing and saying, okay, we're recording live off the floor. And then the meantime, the bass player is, wait, I haven't heard this song before. <laughs> One, two, three. And he's like, oh, Got and you it. hear one paper go flying. <laughs> and uh, it really had that. And even I was holding my breath like this, thinking, really, we're doing this? Like, can't we just give them five minutes? And, <laughs> and no, because it's three chords. They got this. And, and then, then after we, all right, guys, we'll give you a second take. And they're all like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so for me, there's there's a magic in it. I feel like you, you would hear it depending on, on uh, how much music you listen to. You'd be like, wow, this is, uh, she might not have done that every single time. So it's not live, we could, but we call it live off the floor. That means you can, you could probably fix a few things in, in the post edit, but we fixed very little. Yeah, fun. Just keep it fresh and yeah, and uh, yeah. Well, I am totally looking forward to, <laughs> to listening to it. It's yeah. pretty fun to say. Um, my voice does something weird there when the produ- you know, the producer's like, "You like it?" I'm like, no, my voice did something weird there. He goes, "Yeah, no, I like it." <laughs> I'm like, oh man. <laughs> Not getting out of this one. <laughs> exactly. 
so in that way, it's different. Uh, I wouldn't say it's less honest or more honest. Um, it's it's a singer songwriter album in that I wrote the songs. Well, I can't wait to hear it. Love mm-hmm. what I've heard so far. So. Thanks. Yeah. Yay. Am I going to play one today? You are going to play one today. Should we do that right now? Yep. Let's do it. We'll go. Never heard my dad sing, but he sure likes to play music loud. Likes to dance at the store, the polite guy in the crowd. As a young boy at school, he was told not to open his mouth by a daft music teacher who did not like his sound. His gambler story is real, tough and
<laughs> that was awesome. Yay. So thank you for that incredible song. That was amazing. Loved it. And I really did cry again. Nothing like singing first thing in the morning. <laughs> to start the day up, right? Um, so the show is called Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. This isn't really a bar, but we did have drinks here the other night. And in full disclosure, we are drinking something in our coffee at the moment. <laughs> but uh, I called the show that and I don't actually have a punchline for it. Um, so yeah, if you have a punchline for me, I'd be forever grateful. Or if you could just share with us some joke or some funny little tale from life on the road. I don't think you need a punchline. First of all, I think you just need a dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Perfect. I got that. <laughs> so being an artist seems to be regarded differently depending on where you go. And you've traveled a lot as well uh, with your art. I had a really enjoyable experience uh, going over to Germany uh, in the last couple of years because I've started carrying a banjo around. God, the amount of jokes apparently the banjo brings oh, to the yes. table. <laughs> First of all, they are really hard to tune. And uh, everyone loves to hear at least one song on the banjo, and that's about it. So I play two songs on the banjo because I know that's it. That's, that's the max, pretty much. Yeah. And I carry it on my back because I don't like to. I don't like to give it off in the luggage department. So I have the banjo on my back, and I get to the duana, the the customs in Europe, and he asks me the, just a few questions. And yeah, you're here to play music, and I always feel like, oh God, here we go. I'm such a criminal for being an artist, right? <laughs> Obviously, it's, it's like yes. And I've learned to say songwriter instead of performing artist, performer, singer, guitarist. All those raise an eyebrow. But singer, songwriter, you know what usually I get? I usually get, aw, yeah. come on in. It's like they feel sorry for me now. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so apparently songwriters have softer hearts than performers. And I got in and I said, oh, what do you do? I'm singer, songwriter. Oh, are you performing in our country? Yes. Full disclosure, here we go. Yes, yes. He says, well, what's on your back? Oh, that's a banjo. Okay. And you are doing 100 performances this year in our country you know, with a banjo? Well, yes, because I also play guitar, but yes is the answer. Okay. And um, how many songs then do you play on the banjo? They're asking me this at customs. <laughs> I am sweating. <laughs> Two songs. You mean to tell me you tour a hundred concerts a year in our country and you only know two songs on the banjo? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I realize it's looking bad and there's nothing I can do. And sure enough, he leans into me and he says, we have, we have a problem. <laughs> oh my God. Here we go. So, I said, okay. And he, see that he was like you know it was obviously starting I was starting to get upset about it because what can I do yeah. so okay and then he paused again he goes the problem is you need to tell me how you much you get paid I said oh uh I'm just paid by the door so I know you if I sell concert tickets again truth might as well yeah let her, let her spill and he says okay so People pay you at the door, pay at the door, they buy tickets, then you make some money from this. I said, yep, that's, that's right. Okay, we have another problem. Oh my God, I 
can't believe this is going on for so long, right? He says, he looks to the left and he looks to the right because he's at his gate. He goes, we have no door. (laughs) (laughs) Customs man with a sense of humor. Oh my God. I'm like, right, right. Like the the laughter's buried way deep in my toes at this point because nothing's funny for me. Anyway, he loved his own joke, yeah. and I was told to carry on with yeah. my, me, me and the banjo. So I try not to go anywhere without it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it does always bring a comment. My favorite banjo moment was sitting on the beach in Long Beach with my friend, a girlfriend of mine, and and uh, I was playing guitar, and she had her banjo, which was not her usual instrument. And somebody was walking down the beach. It's like a beautiful night. We've got other people sitting around the fire, and the guy looks over. He goes, "How many strings on a banjo?" And she's trying to be helpful and informative. She's like, well, this one, five. He's like, five too many, and kept walking. So yeah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. people can be so mean about the banjo. I know. <laughs> but I'm sure your two songs sounded exactly. awesome. <laughs> and he didn't make me play them. <laughs> Yay, right on. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time to come and do this with me. This has been so fun, and uh, i Totally loved it. Loved hearing the song and wish you so much success with your upcoming album and with your touring this year and with everything. Looking forward to seeing lots more Melanie Decker shows over the years. So thank you. It's a pleasure. listening to Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. I'm your host artist, Carol McQuaid. For full show notes and all the links, head to twoartistswalkintoabar.com. If you want to hear more, don't forget to subscribe and tune into our next episode when we talk to abstract figurative painter, ex-race car driver, and driving force behind the success of the San Jose del Cabo Art District, Frank Arnold. Cheers. <laughs>